Is there anything better than that knock at the door or the doorbell chime that tells you that dinner has arrived? Whether you wanted Chinese, someone else wanted pizza, someone else wanted Froyo, there's something for everyone on DoorDash. You've counted on restaurants. Now they're counting on you. And while their dining rooms may be closed, they're still open for delivery with DoorDash. DoorDash is the app that brings you food you're craving right now, right to your door. With over 300,000 partners in the U.S., Puerto Rico, Canada, and Australia, you can support your local go-tos or choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, and the Cheesecake Factory. DoorDash deliveries are now contactless to keep communities we operate in safe. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code ADVANTAGE. That's $5 off your first delivery and zero fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code ADVANTAGE. Don't forget, that's code ADVANTAGE for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. Everybody, Scott Burnside back for the Friday edition of Two Man Advantage, the podcast. We are wrapping up the week, and what a week it has been. Finally have our Stanley Cup finalists set. By the time we return on Monday morning, Game 1 will be in the books. And I'm, I'm, you know, I'm really excited about our guest, and I can't believe Steve, Steve Wino, the celebrated... Associated Press hockey writer, formerly the Canadian Press hockey writer. That's like a guy who had, or a person, man or woman, who has won the batting championship in both the NL <laughs> and the AL. That's a, it's like the daily double of sports writing jobs, my friend. So, welcome. Uh, I'm just happy to. I'm happy to be a switch hitter of some sort. <laughs> well, good for you. Well, and, and you know, now I know you had to quarantine. I was going to say, you would think if you were the Canadian press hockey writer at one point, which you were before taking a similar job with the AP based in the Washington area, um, that you would be able to go seamlessly across the Canadian border, right? You should have some, you should just be able to flash your old CP card and have Canada Customs go, Steve, it's good to have you back, but that's not how it went because you went through the required two-week quarantine in Edmonton just so you could go into a cold, empty Rogers Arena for the end of the conference final play and now obviously right through to the awarding of the Stanley Cup in the next 10 days or so. What was what was the quarantine like for you? Because I, I, I don't think that would be fun, but tell me what it was like for you. It was psychologically strange, Scott, just like just being not around anyone else. And they had food delivery and grocery delivery and beer delivery and those sort of things that they get you through. And we were working the entire time. Like you're you're on these Zoom calls, you're watching games, you're writing off games. So it wasn't like it was a completely foreign thing to a lot of what we've done through a, a lot of 2020 of sitting at home and, and needing to work. It's just you couldn't be around any other human being. So it was kind of a culture shock to be at a rink with humans again. Was it, Does Tim Hortons deliver? I'm just curious. Tim Hortons does deliver. It, there, there, was a, there was a lag on the kind of 
quality when you get it delivered and it's a little colder, but <laughs> it's still, it, it works. <laughs> so I've used this line before because you weren't the only one. Uh, our good friend Emily Kaplan from ESPN was quarantining. Uh, there were a number of other uh, reporters along the way uh, uh, who came from the United States to cover their teams in the Edmonton bubble. I don't know if that there were any U.S. reporters who went to Toronto, but I, I do know that there were a number who went to Edmonton, went through the process that you did. And I like to use this line because, A, I'm not there, so what does it matter to me? But also because it's one of the great lines of all time, and it goes back to 2010 when we were talking at the Vancouver Olympics and talking to Russian netminder Ilya Brizgalov, who described Team Canada as... Like gorillas coming from gorillas the cage. Gorillas coming out of a, yeah. the cage. Yeah, yep. coming from the cage. And I, and I imagined, maybe I just transferred my own personality, but I imagined for reporters who quarantined for two weeks, that moment of being allowed out onto the streets and into whatever social uh, uh, options there are, given the pandemic, that that might be like gorillas coming from a cage. Is fair or unfair? Weird. And, and, and Sam Pell from the Washington Post was our the one in Toronto for an American. Mm-hmm. And it was it, I, I wish it was like that. It was more like almost having a Stockholm syndrome of not wanting to leave, for, at least for me. But but also realizing you're the cleanest person on Earth because you're like, you know, you don't have the virus after being inside for 14 days. And it was just to like and, and I, having rented an Airbnb to get fresh air. Unlike our, our friend Matt Porter, who had the hotel room, right. I wanted I, I wanted I literally went outside for at least five ten minutes every day during quarantine just to kind of feel the sun. So maybe it didn't have that gorillas out of the cage feeling. But then we went to the rink and then to the bar, and that was a different feeling. Yeah, well, good for you. Well, and uh, you have been to games now for a few days, and last night. You saw the end of the Eastern Conference Final, and because Tampa doesn't do it any other way but to end their series in overtime, uh, it was so in Game 6 against the New York Islanders. And, and I've been watching, you know, I've, I've watched pretty much all of it, and uh, it has. I, I never get tired uh, you know, throughout the time that I've been covering hockey. To me, that handshake line is always... It's always a moment, uh, you know, whether it's the first round or the end of the Stanley Cup final, whatever it is. I wonder what it was like for you having quarantined and, and to be in the rink then to watch the Islanders in Tampa um, shake hands after Anthony Sorelli's game-winning series-deciding goal in overtime last night. Was it different than you thought? Because that's a moment, right? It's, it's, it's something that I think, you know, really sets the NHL apart. And I wonder if it was different than you imagined it was going to be. It was a, it was even a different moment, and I was a, I was able to be in the building for Vegas and Dallas doing the same thing. Right. And I think it was even stronger than that because of how hard fought the series was. Not that Vegas Dallas wasn't a series, but it was over in five games. At a certain point, you were you're pretty sure that Dallas was going to win the whole thing. But this was like everybody was banged up and bruised and you got Anthony Sorelli scoring a game-winning goal as John Cooper said basically on one leg you're without you got a team without Steven Stamkos you got a guy in Braden Point who's playing clearly not 100% and it's got like a massaging kind of device on on the bench and just to see like the John Cooper Barry Trotz interaction after these guys have coached each other against each other for so many years and, and they came from uh, Alpha College of, of Notre Dame in, in Wilcox, Saskatchewan and, and kind of have this shared history and it was just it, it was it was a, it was a very hockey moment in a uh, in a very unhockey year just to have those handshakes when everyone's afraid of shaking hands in the world to just have to know these guys are in a bubble where there's no 
positive test results and to see the series that these teams had against each other, there it was sort of a poetic moment between that and, and the Lightning kind of celebrating around the Prince of Wales trophy. It, it just, it, it was a very, like, it was a some sense of normalcy in a very weird, unusual playoffs. Yeah, I, and I love that too, you know, because having physically been in Tampa after Game 7 of the Eastern Conference Final two years ago where... Barry Trotz, then coaching the Capitals, obviously, uh, you know, had that same kind of moment with John Cooper after the Caps vanquished Tampa in Game 7. You know, John Cooper goes home uh, disappointed, obviously, and Barry Trotz goes on to win the Stanley Cup. And you have to wonder, you know, that must have been an incredible moment for John Cooper because you know how much respect he has for Barry Trotz. Um, And then to to be going back to the final uh, for the first time since 2015, I'm curious, Steve, you mentioned it, and I think this is going to be the narrative going into game one. And and boy, you know, no rest whatsoever for Tampa, right? Like normally, at least with the NHL, because you'd have media day leading into the Stanley Cup final, you'd have a real sort of buffer or cushion that that generally delineates the end of the conference final to the start of the Stanley Cup final, because there's a sort of build up to it. Tomorrow night, game one of the Stanley Cup final in Edmonton. And I wonder what kind of disadvantage you think that puts Tampa at. As you mentioned, no Stamkos, uh, even though he's back skating. You know, Point is banged up. Kucherov has looked really banged up to me the last couple of games uh, on and on through that lineup. How much of a disadvantage do you think that is to the Tampa Bay Lightning? It's a significant one because at this time of year, as, as much as you talk about rest versus rust for teams that are off, it, it has shown that teams with more rest ha- are, I think, 5-1 and one in, in these playoffs if you've got two two or more days rest than your opponent. So it's gonna it's at least an advantage for Dallas in Game 1. But uh, and, and this is a conversation we had after the game last night um, among our colleagues. I, Steven Stamkos might play in this series. He might play early in this series because the Lightning might need him. And with, with Braden Point banged up, with Anthony Sorelli banged up, even a non-100% Steven Stamkos might be so effective and important in this series because there there is no there's no time to heal up here there's you're not like getting you're not getting Anthony Sorelli to to even 90% you're not getting Braden Point to even 80% probably given these the injuries these guys are dealing with but they're able to play and and the lightning might get that boost Look, the Stars might get Roddick Fox back after being out for this long. I mean, they're probably not—they're not getting Ben Bishop back. This is Anton Kudobin's net. I, I don't, unfortunately, think they're getting Stephen Johns back. But this is a Stars team that is mostly, knock on wood, for their sake, healthy at this point. And what, the fact that they've been able to not only to not only just pre-scout the Lightning and get prepared for them with Rick Bonus and John Stevens kind of doing all the video analysis and being in the building for Game Six, but also just to heal up physically and, and have that it's at least an advantage for the for the start of the series but also you remember the series in 2015 against chicago for the lightning they attrition is what cost them when you had tyler johnson hurt and nikita kucherov hurt and ben bishop was out and andre Vasilevsky as a rookie has to come in it literally was i thought the lightning win that series if they don't have the injuries pile up and we may be talking about the same exact thing this year yeah i, I think you're right on steve and i think you know for me the way that dallas played against Vegas, you know, that kind of patient game, never got panicky, even though they were outplayed for long stretches of that five-game series. Um, But they punished Vegas 
uh, guys like you know, and listen, I, I'll admit that I have there have been times during my career where I've been critical of Jamie Ben and how he's played and his role as the captain of the the Dallas Stars. But oh my gosh, he's had such an unbelievable playoff run, and he is now playing vintage Jamie Ben hockey, and that means punishing, that means staying out of the box for the most part. Um, but the rest of that team, I think, is taking its cues from Jamie Ben, and I, I think, you know, the Islanders did that. That's who they are. But I think Dallas is going to be much the same, and I wonder if you uh, feel free, agree, disagree, but that is, it's not like they're going, Tampa's going into a series now where they're, you know, where somehow this the style is going to change. This is still going to be a punishing brand of hockey if the stars have their way and, and the lightning are now dealing with two series of this i think the islanders were doing that same thing and may, not even as well as the stars it's literally like the lightning got like the they're like their preseason to face dallas in in the in the islander series in the east final in in, a, in an opponent that may not on paper be as talented and i think that's i think we can all agree on that but also a team that is willing to kind of play that physical grind it out want to play a close low-scoring game style, and the Dallas Stars show they can play that, or they can play the high-scoring, light-up Michael Hutchinson kind of uh, Colorado series, that the Stars have the firepower that they can do that, but also they're built for this, and and it's not always pretty, and, and the games, like some of these games against Vegas, aren't pretty, but when, and Barry Trotz mentioned this the other day, the later you get in the playoffs, you kind of strip away the skill and it becomes a lot of will and determination and those sort of things. And the stars have that in spades. And it, you're right. It does start with, with Jamie Ben, who he is, he's a monster right now. He and Victor Hedman, I'm looking forward to seeing that particular matchup because these are guys. And I think even Anders Lee in game five was a little bit like this for the Islanders. They're just not, they look like they don't want to lose. Like, and, and obviously none of these guys want to lose, but just the way they play, you can tell they don't want to go home. And it's fun when you see big guys like that with knives on their feet, just skating like they are at opponents playing like this with with not only just the physicality and all that but just the plays they're making and, and Jamie Ben is just looks like a man determined to carry the stars to a title that this core was was indeed tried to build toward winning a championship yeah good sign all right um don't go away Steve Wino the legendary Associated Press hockey <laughs> writer. Uh, don't go away. We're going to take one quick break, come back with some final thoughts on the Stanley Cup final, and we'll kick around some other NHL topics and then close out this Friday edition of Two Man Advantage. But don't go away. We'll be right back. Hey, this is Craig Custance with The Athletic. My family has, I would say, a healthy obsession with water and water bottles. And we all have our own personal, like, giant thing of water that we carry around. My daughter has a, you know, one of those daily planners, and it has check marks for how much water they're drinking. Because we know when you don't get enough water and you're dehydrated, you feel lethargic, you don't feel good. It makes a big difference in your day. And with Liquid IV, you have the fastest, most efficient way to stay hydrated. We're big fans of Liquid IV in our family. When you drink Liquid IV, you have more energetic workouts, you sleep better, but it's better for your immunity, which is super important right now. You just have more energy. So Liquid IV is available nationwide at Costco and Target, or you can get 25% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use the code ATHLETIC at checkout. That's 25% off anything you order when you use promo code ATHLETIC at liquidiv.com. 
Get better hydration today at liquidiv.com, promo code ATHLETIC. Hey, this is Craig Custis with The Athletic. Maybe you were blessed with a body that you can just pull clothes off the rack and they fit perfectly. But if you're anything like me, every shirt I buy, the arms are too long. Every pair of pants I buy, the legs are too long. So I end up looking like a frumpy sports writer half the time, which isn't great. And I wish it wasn't the case. And that's what makes Indochino so great. Indochino suits are great for wedding and for work. And they offer a lot of casual options like shirts, coats, and chinos. And and the way it works is I booked a, uh, some time with the virtual style consultation. And I was even able to personalize it. Uh, the dress shirt threw my initials on there. From the stitching to the collar to what kind of material you want on the inside flap. There's so many ways to personalize it. So with Indochino, you get custom-fitted suits, coats, and casual wear at surprisingly affordable prices. And if you are getting married, Indochino is an absolute no-brainer for you and your groomsmen. Forget the -the off-the-rack suits that don't fit different body types. Indochino gives everybody a tailored fit. You order with ease, you get it shipped fast no matter where you live, And with all the ways to customize, you can add a personal touch everyone will be proud to wear without emptying their pockets. The best part, Indochino suits start at just $299 with all customizations included. Visit one of Indochino's showrooms across North America or book a virtual appointment and shop online at Indochino.com. And right now you'll get $30 off any purchase of $399 or more when you enter the code CRAIG, C-R-A-I-G, at checkout. That's Indochino.com. Promo code CRAIG to get $30 off any purchase of $3.99 or more. Check it out. I highly encourage you. You'll feel good about yourself. I promise. All right. Uh, One final thought on the Stanley Cup final, which begins Saturday evening in Edmonton. What's your your favorite storyline? What's the narrative you're looking forward to? You know, following up or seeing unfold. What's what's your favorite Stanley Cup final storyline? I, I think mine on this one is is the fact that Rick Bonus was an assistant under John Cooper for four or five years there, and, and these sides maybe didn't amicably amicably part ways two years ago. And and you were in Tampa, you mentioned Scott, to, in that that 2018 uh, Eastern Conference Final where the Lightning blew Game Six and Seven in that series to lose. The Capitals go on to to face Vegas and win the Stanley Cup Final. And I don't know that it ended very very well between Rick Bonus and, and John Cooper. That there might that there's certainly a, an amount of coaching respect there, but that this is Rick Bonus essentially as an assistant coach scorned. Uh, who who left Tampa gets hired by Dallas almost immediately, and now somehow through the kind of this crazy season of Jim Montgomery being fired, takes over like gets another head job at 65 years old now, has a team in the Stanley Cup final, and it, this is John Cooper, the young lawyer, the guy who is like the the future of coaching, and and this great hockey mind against Rick Bonus, who's this old school kind of longtime assistant coach and just the chess match they're going to have against each other in, in terms of uh, I'm, I'm a believer that coaching means way less in the regular season because you kind of just let players play but just having the adjustments that are made during the course of this series and, and kind of mix, mixing and matching the talent and handling injuries and how the, the kind of the young and the old coaches handle this. Yeah, I love the, uh, you know, for a period of time when I was the president of the Professional Hockey Writers Association, you know, sometimes we have issues with teams 
um, where they refuse to let their assistant coaches speak. To me, it's the most ridiculous thing in the world. The Islanders can't talk to any of their assistant coaches. Come on. That's, you know, with all due respect to Hall of Famer and GM of the year, Lou Lamorello, it's, it's time to, it's time, it's time to join the 20th century. But so we do have those issues and, and the Islanders aren't the only ones. So sometimes we have those issues. But when Rick Bonus was in Tampa, I would sometimes get calls from the local writers saying, uh, how come, uh, can we talk to the head coach? Because quite often, John Cooper, if he was wearied of talking to the local media, would send Rick Bonus out. And sometimes he would send him out not just once or twice, but quite often. And so sometimes I would get these calls. Uh, we'd like to see John Cooper. Uh, we're getting a, and everyone loves Rick Bonus, right? So it wasn't like, but like, okay, we're tired of Bones. We need to talk to the head coach. So that was uh, that was sometimes how the dynamic went in Tampa, which ran a little bit different. Uh, a different script there. So, um, all right, uh, Steve, you mentioned, of course, you've been doing you, and it's not just hockey, right? I see you. You write about the Washington Football Team Club, whatever they call themselves now. Uh, lots of other things cross your plate, but you are a hockey guy, and tell. I want you to tell me what is the most significant non-playoff. So doesn't count the final four teams or the play in Edmonton. What's been the most significant hockey story of the last week, you think, away from the bubble? Uh, for me, it's Peter Laviolette going to, going to the Washington Capitals. And, and, and as someone based in Washington who's covered this team off and on for almost a decade now, this is – uh, this is the setting that the, the scene probably for the, the Capitals' last run at, at trying to win another championship. And when you've got the Alex Ovechkin kind of era drawing to a close, however many years we have left, you knew the Capitals needed kind of that 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 not just an experienced coach, but almost a strict coach at this point to try to squeeze whatever's left out of this core of Nick Backstrom, John Carlson. Uh, Alex Ovechkin, Evgeny Kuznetsov, T.J. Oshie, Tom Wilson, just to try to win a championship again. And, and interesting to hear kind of just Peter Laviolette and Brian McClellan talking about how he's been a better communicator. And you don't think of Peter Laviolette as all of those things, but for a modern-day coach, to, uh, these are the kind of things you need. But he's also kind of holds players accountable, and, and he, he's, he leans on guys, for, for lack of a better term, just to to get the most out of them. And it, after Barry Trotz took the Islanders to a game six of an East final, and clearly the Capitals messed this up two years ago, and and, and they were cheap and, and not paying Barry Trotz, and as Brian McClellan said, not wanting to give him term, they, they this is to me the, the a very an acknowledgement of we d- didn't do this right two years ago. We've got to get an experienced coach back in here. And, and when it was Gerard Gallant, Mike Babcock, and Peter Laviolette as kind of the, the, the big three interviewing here, Peter Laviolette had everything on him as, as this is the perfect coach for this team at this moment. Hey, I'm curious, and I'm curious to see what you see, uh, how this unfolds, Steve, because you don't just hire a head coach in, in many ways, right? You You hire the head coach and and those that come with him. So I think back to when Barry Trotz went to Washington and you know the Lane Lambert and Mitch Korn, maybe one of the you know the most innovative of all goaltending coaches maybe of all time. I know there's it's we've had this debate at the Athletic should there be more goaltending coaches considered for the Hall of Fame given their how important their work is. So but but those and Todd Reardon came 
uh, he didn't come with Barry Trotz, but Barry hired Todd Reardon away from Pittsburgh, and Todd Reardon came in and, and I think it's fair to say helped to change the defensive culture of that Caps team, all building to uh, that seminal run in 2018 and, and the team's first ever Stanley Cup championship. And I'm curious to see what Peter Laviolette does because, and tell me whether you think I'm off base here, but to me, it's especially now, it's not just what the head coach brings, but it's who, you know, how does this staff approach and deal with specific problems within that team? Because this is the Caps team that lost its way defensively, I think. And the personnel was not quite the, didn't have the, the same mojo that we saw during that 18 run. I wonder what whether you think, again, whether I'm off base or how important that is uh, with Peter Laviolette coming into Washington. Yeah, and, and, and Scott, you're right. Like the, You're hiring a CEO, essentially. You're hiring someone to kind of run a bench, run a team, and, and kind of make all of those decisions. And I certainly think Kevin McCarthy, who was Peter Laviolette's longtime assistant, uh, comes with him to Washington. I, I do wonder if it's going to be a little bit of a mix. It always has been in Washington where kind of the GM gets to pick one assistant, the, the, the head coach gets to pick one assistant, and then there's kind of a, a, a mutual decision there on, on a third guy. And, and I do think maybe Scott Arneal stays, a, a guy who's been a head coach before, who is a pretty good assistant coach. Uh, they, 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 Todd Reardon, you're right. He was a very good assistant who – couldn't transfer what he did with defensemen and kind of his role as an assistant to being a head coach. But there's, there is a value in those sort of guys. And it's really what makes, just to go back to the cup final, Rick Bone is so amazing that he can, at least this time, transfer being an assistant and kind of being the, the player's buddy and that sort of thing to running a bench, to running a team. And, uh, Peter Laviolette has, has got a guy in Kevin McCarthy. He might have still have a guy in in, in Scott Arneal and, and another assistant because, yeah, they, they need to reestablish a culture there. And it's amazing that after Barry Trotz left two years later, after talking so much about how Barry Trotz changed the culture in Washington, that now the Capitals have to redo this entire thing because it, it almost feels like this was a wasted two years for this franchise during Alex Ovechkin's prime to not have kind of a steady hand at the wheel. But it also includes not having Todd Reardon as an assistant, not having a guy that experienced helping the kind of the the whole team coaching approach and that's what peter laviolette and his whatever his new staff looks like is, is going to try to do okay so i i saw this floated out there and we we do know that bruce boudreau was um you know, i don't know how serious the discussions went with um kyle dubas the gm of the toronto maple leafs and sheldon Keefe, the head coach there but there was some discussion that bruce boudreau might be a fit there. Manny Melholtra now on that uh, coaching staff in Toronto, moving from Vancouver. So that 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 door is closed, as it were. I, I saw someone float this, and I I do know that there was some uh, level of discussion between Brian McClellan and Bruce Boudreau about the head coaching job in Washington. Of course, a post that Bruce held uh, his first ever NHL head coaching job. Uh, but I wonder, like to me, I, I love the well, like who doesn't want to. If you're covering a team, who doesn't want to staff with Bruce Boudreau on it at some point? Uh, but such a smart guy, such a, a really interesting hockey guy, and he knows that marketplace and knows that team well. I just, I, I love the idea that if you know, maybe that. I wonder if that enters Peter Laviolette's uh, wheelhouse or Brian McClellan's wheelhouse about whether that would be a good fit on on that coaching staff. 
I think it would be a tough move for Bruce Brujo to come back in not the head job. And just everything he went through with this group, that clearly he has a familiarity at least with Alex Ovechkin and Nicholas Backstrom from, from many, many years ago. And, and I don't think there's anybody left beyond those two guys. Maybe John Carlson for, from kind of the early days. But I, I think it would be a hard sell just given how badly it ended. But the thing is, that was nine years ago at this point. That's a lifetime ago that from a an X's and O's perspective, from a just kind of like familiarity perspective, I think it, like it would be it would be great. Like we, we all love talking to Bruce Boudreaux. I just don't know if there's a, a necessarily a fit there for someone who was running the show to come back. I mean, it's it's like asking Barack Obama to be to be Secretary of the Treasury <laughs> instead of after being president. And so like. I, I, yeah, it's it's a weird one for me that you're you're convincing me as I'm as I'm answering this, Scotty. That like that, that I would lo- the idea would be great. I just can't see it happening. All right, all right. I'm gonna let you go. Um, <laughs> that, see now, I, I wanted you to. I want you on board with this, Bruce Boudreaux back. But all right. Um, all right, this has been a ton of fun, and I know it's early in Edmonton, so thanks for doing that. Before I let you go, though, I want a Stanley Cup final prediction. What's how's it play out? You're there. You're you're in the moment. Uh, I, and, and our good friend Pierre Bureman just asked me about this last night, and, and I'm going to stick with that one, even though I don't feel good about it right now. Uh, Lightning in five, and I just think that I think Tampa Bay's talent wins out on this, and and both of these are great stories. So it, you you. Even like, even if like in your brain you're thinking, well, one story's great, the other story's not so great. They're they're both great stories. You've got like the Buffalo Bills of the NHL, the team that hasn't won it despite all this talent, and then you've got Rick Bonus trying to win his first championship, maybe going out on top. You've got a Dallas Stars core that that, that might have to win this now. I think as banged up as the Lightning are, I, I think they get Steven Samkos back. I think Andre Vasilevsky is locked in, and, and, and I think the Lightning. Maybe five, maybe it takes six games, but I think the Tampa Bay Lightning are raising the Stanley Cup in the end of September and celebrating the the end of this crazy season. So not only did you get up to early to chat with us, but you also were kind enough not to mention how you and I are actually partners in in Pierre LeBrun's <laughs> Media Hacks uh, Football Fantasy League and how I, I might already in week two be mismanaging us out of contention. So you're, I'm glad you didn't mention anything about that. So. I, I, but I drafted us out of contention when, when, when you had to take a phone call from, from it someone. John, so it was John Klingberg, was, actually. John Klingberg from John called Klingberg. in the middle of the draft. So. Yeah, that, 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 that wasn't well-timed because I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> no, it's all right. It's good to have five or six tight ends. It's all good. So, All right. Uh, Steve Wino, thank you so much for hanging out with us. And uh, should always, yeah, I'm sure you will recognize Steve's byline from the Associated Press and whatever publication you are reading on whatever format. Um, and you should follow Steve on Twitter at S-Wino, W-H-Y-N-O. Steve? Have a grand day. Enjoy the Stanley Cup final, my friend. Thanks, Scott. Enjoy the hockey. I know. No one cares about uh, our fantasy football league or team. Although it's interesting. We had Bill Daly on two-man advantage last week, and part of the not not recorded part was talking about our shared interest in fantasy football. So there you go. Um, Speaking of two-man advantage, this week Pierre Lebrun and I had new Calgary Flames head coach Jeff Ward on and Jeff was outstanding. You should give that a listen if you've got a few minutes. And you should check out our comment section for each podcast episode at The Athletic App and rate and subscribe to Two Man Advantage on Apple. 
And if you aren't a subscriber to The Athletic, and and really, I don't know anyone who isn't now, but okay, if you aren't, you should subscribe now and save. Sign up to see for yourself the creativity, reporting, and storytelling that sets The Athletic apart. And if you go to theathletic.com slash twomanadvantage, you can receive an all-access subscription for just $1 a month. Every time I read that, I'm like, $1? That's almost nothing. So go and do that. And uh, Monday morning, join us again. Two Man Advantage, the morning playoff edition. Our good pal Elliot Friedman will be aboard with us to unpack Game 1 of the Stanley Cup Final and all other things hockey right here at The Athletic.